Welcome to Collaboration Dynamics, where we find out how working together makes sense for real people. With Judy Reese, virtual collaboration consultant, best-selling author and master of metaphor. Welcome to the Collaboration Dynamics podcast. My name's Judy Rees and with me today is Nadia Schnetzler. Hello, Nadia. Hello, Judy. Great to have you here. Would you like to introduce yourself and say the kind of things you get involved in in relation to collaboration? Okay, I'm a Swiss-based person. I live in Switzerland with my family in a city called Biel, where watches are made, um, like Rolex or Swatch. And I'm uh, an inspirator. I I like to inspire other people to do things differently. And I like to be inspired every day. So um, I work in three fields mainly. Innovation, that's where I come from um, originally. And I got interested in collaboration over the last five years. And that's today my main topic. And I also do a fair amount of communication projects because communication is kind of, for me, the glue that binds it all together. Mm -hmm. And that sounds very exciting. And I I gather you work all over Europe and and even further afield. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so when you are collaborating at your best, um, what... Who are you collaborating with? I'm collaborating with extremely different people and extremely different groups. Sometimes I collaborate uh, in projects with other people, with freelancers from my network, with my clients, um, with people I know well and people I do not know at all. Um, Sometimes I'll collaborate with teams that I accompany over a longer period of time and help them collaborate better, but become kind of part of the collaboration for a while. Um, But I also see or I look at collaboration um, everywhere I go. So I I tend to think that I also collaborate with friends when I do a project with them that is not at all work related. Or I like to collaborate with my family in in finding ways on how we can communicate with each other better and have a good time together that makes sense for everybody. We're four extremely individualist people here in our family. So that is also kind of collaboration there. Mm. So when there's such a variety, this question is possibly a difficult one, but I'm still very interested in your answer. When you are collaborating at your best, you are like what? I am like, not sure I know the English word for this, um, like these, these things you can buy um, at, a f- uh, at a fair right, that you can blow into and then they turn like, a, like a, um, with the wind, you mm-hmm. know, that are operated by wind power and are very colorful. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how they're called in English. So I'm a bit of at a loss because that's really my metaphor there. Um, Kind of a, a, a spinning wheel mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I find myself uh, torn because uh, wearing my clean language hat, I wouldn't normally fill in the word, even if uh, the person I'm talking to uh, is is uh, a non-native English speaker. But I think I'm going to cheat and say, I think I would call that a, a child's windmill. Exactly. A windmill, <laughs> very colourful, rainbow colour windmill that is operated by a lot of different power and 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 is turning 
effortlessly. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a very colourful. It's turning effortlessly. And is there anything else about turning effortlessly like that? It's really that you feel that there is a lot of good energy and you don't need a lot of additional effort um, to make the wheel turn or make the wheel go round and everything feels just natural and and nice. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and so it's feeling natural and nice and you don't need a lot of extra effort and it's turning effortlessly and it's very colourful. What kind of colourful? I think because I have to do with so many different people and I really love people and I'm interested in their stories and also their, you know, the, the, the bright and the dark sides that they carry because I think you have to always look at the full person. Uh, because I have to do with so many different people, uh, I think that what's, that's what makes it so colorful. And by having um, projects and, and collaborations with so many different kinds of people, I think that I draw my energy from there and can also give it into other contexts where people maybe don't have the experience that I have or the, the, the variety of collaboration kind of collaboration um, methods and circumstances that I see just by doing so many different things. Mm -hmm. And so it's colourful like that, those different stories, different people, and it's turning effortlessly. And is there anything else about that windmill? It's if I think about it, it's not a lonely windmill. It's it's there, but it's in a kind of windmill farm. There's it's surrounded by other windmills. <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by other windmills, and sometimes it's very small, you know, and insignificant, and part of the process. And sometimes it's very big and, and in the center of attention and taking on a, a, an important role. So it can kind of change its size, I guess. Mm. This windmill. Mm-hmm. And and what determines whether it's big or small? Just the context of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm really, I have to be a leader or an expert in a project. Sometimes I have to be just a part of, of a process, just like a tiny, tiny wheel that turns with the others. Um, maybe like, a, like sunflowers that turn, you know, towards the sun together and there are smaller ones and larger ones and they play different roles. So I can, I think if we can step into different roles and acknowledge that depending on what context I'm in, I might have a different role and I'm comfortable in this role at this moment, um, then collaboration becomes really, really successful. Mm-hmm. So that's one th- one thing that leads to really successful collaboration is that comfort with being able to step into different roles at different times. Yes. Is there anything else that needs to happen for collaboration to be like that very colourful child's windmill turning effortlessly like that? I think it's the most successful if everyone can really show up and be there themselves and Mm -hmm. be their their very best with all their positive and not so positive sides and and showing up for me means really also letting others see you as you are with Mm -hmm. all those positive and possibly also negative sides because only if we know the other person 
a bit better than just as colleagues. You know, like in Switzerland, it's very important to, oh, this is just a colleague of mine. You know, mm. I, I separate my private life and my work life. And I think that's a load of crap. I think mm-hmm. that we have to to collaborate really well. We have to know the other person a little bit better, especially also in virtual contexts. Um, if I if I Skype with you and I don't know that, for instance, I don't know, you have 10 cats running around you and you're really fond of your cats, which is probably not the case that you have cats, but just as an example, mm-hmm. um, and, and you are very attached to them. I think it's an important information for me um, when I'm calling you, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon and, and ask you to do something for me or if someone has children or maybe an elderly mother to care for. Um, all these things are part of the person and become part of the collaboration. Mm-hmm. So when you know more about the person like that, not only just the positive sides, but the not so positive sides, what happens to the windmill farm? It It can be better in sync it can mm-hmm. they can turn together better yes mm. and part of me wants to ask you more about how they turn together and part of me wants to ask a whole bunch of very practical stuff <laughs> about how you decide which um things to share and which things um to keep private mm-hmm. which question do you think i should ask I think both are really interesting. I think the second one to me is is very important to me. Maybe I can give an example. It's not a metaphor, but it's an example. Mm. um, Every year I do one big, large project with 70 young people from all over Europe and a team of 10 coaches that uh, do the project with them. I'm kind of the there. I'm the very large windmill, and mm-hmm. the ten the ten coaches around me are not much smaller, but they're you know I have to kind of provide the method that we will work with with these young people. And over these three years that we've been doing this, I've realized that if every one of these ten coaches is authentical, is really showing up and showing who they are, and not trying to you know do a kind of joint artificial thing that feels like we are um, agreeing on a method which we are we are using the same method but um, everybody has their own style Mm -hmm. and if I think about all these different styles what makes this interesting for the young participants they are between 17 and 22 is that they see that we respect each other as a coach team we have fun together we really um, value each coach's um, expertise and specialties and, you know, strong points. And that makes the young participants draw on all those 10 coaches rather than just on their group coach. Mm -hmm. They might go and say, oh, Judith is really the one who can be very critical about something. And we need this criticism now. Or Rakesh, he's the fun guy. He's the guy who always will come and cheer us up if we feel, you know, stuck in our idea idea generation process. So um, we've come to value this um, these individual traits and also the also the the parts that come with those traits that are maybe not always pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to share everything about yourself. Nobody shares everything about themselves with no one, I think. <laughs> but just showing a little bit more, 
being really authentic, not trying to copy someone else. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's crucial. Mm. That doesn't necessarily mean revealing the huge piles of dirty laundry to the, the person you're speaking to on Skype for the first time and so on and so forth. No, not that kind of open. But letting, uh, letting the other person see more than just the professional side of yourself. Mm -hmm. Letting them see behind the scenes maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, seeing, letting them see some context about where you are and what situation you are in. Because that is um, important information, I think, for collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so when people in a collaboration do reveal that little bit more about themselves, then what happens to the windmills turning together better? I think that they can better um, provide the, the part of the energy that is needed from them at any given point. If you can see that, you know, the windmill next to you is now has a lot of energy and is turning um, uh, extremely well, but on a particular day, they might not. And you have to give that little bit of extra energy. Then um, the energy is, is distributed really well in this group and um, everybody can contribute their, their very best at those times where they can, but can also not feel super bad about a moment where they cannot for whatever reason. Mm. That makes the collaboration, I think, more... Um, it, it really distributes the, the load uh, mm -hmm. to everyone. Mm -hmm. mm. So when the collaboration distributes the load like that and that they're, they're turning together the windmills and the, your colourful windmill can change size, get bigger or smaller depending, and it's turning effortlessly like that what happens to innovation ah <laughs> um i think the windmills when they want to innovate the, the, the this team that may be working together might need to bring in additional people other windmills of different colors of, of extremely different colors mm -hmm. Um, to make that happen. Um, in my experience, there is um, maybe the windmills that I was talking about now are the ones organizing this innovation process, this process in which ideas can be generated. Mm -hmm. And then other windmills join this process in order to actually have ideas and actually contribute something within this context, within, within this process that the windmills provided because the more different perspectives we have, the more different opinions, the more different viewpoints and experiences, the better can we create ideas that are truly new and different. If the windmills always work together, and even if they are very authentical and, and colorful, at a certain point they will become quite dull mm. if they have to innovate uh, on their own. So they better bring in, they better expand this field and, and bring in additional, very odd, <laughs> additional <laughs> windmills to make this process more successful. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else about those very odd windmills? 
the other the better <laughs> uh, i can you know i have these experiences when i bring together people to innovate and i have the 13 year old teen and the 55 year old ceo and of the company and they um do kind of a group work together where they have to draw something or whatever and the um ceo talks about shareholder value or whatever and the teen just asks what is shareholder value Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the CEO realizes that he actually has a, a, a very different view of the world and has to acknowledge that others have different needs or different questions. And then something interesting happens. Then they can start talking to each other and seeing that, how, how do you see that? Or how, what would you do with our product? Um, and the more varied these odd windmills are and the more you bring in people who are not necessarily uh, knowledgeable about this particular companies or organizations product or service the more you can uh, find new and different ideas mm-hmm. and when all that's happening and the windmills are turning together and the um, very odd windmills are coming in and there's collaboration and there's innovation. And your windmill, very colourful, turning effortlessly, can be small or big, depending on the situation. And it's that kind of windmill you blow and it, it turns. And you are an inspirator. Is there a relationship between your windmill and you are an inspirator? Is there a relationship between the two? I'm sorry, Mm. I'm not... Yeah, is there a relationship between the windmill and inspirator? Yes, I think um, the windmill needs energy to, to function. That's the inspiration I need. Mm-hmm. from all these different contexts from all these different people I really I'm like a sponge mm-hmm. soaking that up and taking that in but I can also give that energy away I mm-hmm. by by getting this energy and getting all these different experiences and being able to be so privileged to look into extremely different contexts and companies and organizations and and different teams um, I can also give this energy away. I can inspire because I have been inspired. Mm-hmm. And is there There's a relationship gone. between those two? Yes. Mm. Is there anything else about how that works? I can tell you when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have tried a few years ago. I was determined to specialize myself in, in something, to specialize in a, in a field because I was not sure after 24 years of innovation in these extremely different contexts if that was really something I was enjoying I Mm -hmm. I just because there was nothing else I knew that was just my life and I had this suspicion that maybe I would feel also good or differently if I would specialize in a certain topic Mm -hmm. and I did this for four months and then my best friend told me um, he said can you please just expand your horizon? You're becoming extremely boring. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so the windmill doesn't work if it doesn't get energy from very, very different sources. Mm-hmm. Um, my windmill. And I need 
you know, to soak in this bath of extremely different, uh, with extremely different additions every day. I, I need to change the context. Maybe it's because I'm a journalist originally. I, I'm, I'm a very curious person. And if my horizon kind of is sh shrunk to one topic, uh, I'm just not that person. I, mm -hmm. I admire people who can go in depth about something, but I'm, I'm more a jumper. I have to go from, from topic to topic in order to get my energy and to be able to, to pass that on. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I'm so empathizing, not only because I also used to be a journalist, but I've also spent a lot of time agonizing, thinking I should specialize, I should specialize, and hating it. Busy? <laughs> 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 Exactly. But I think it's a special type of person. A lot of people do not really know what I'm talking about when I explain this to them. They're like, but this must be so exhausting. But for me, the other, the other thing is exhausting, having to go in depth uh, to something for a longer time is just excruciatingly painful because there are so many things that interest me and I cannot pursue them at this point because I'm specializing. Mm -hmm. It's it's the worst, the worst thing for me. And so when that's not happening, when you're getting energy from, from lots and lots of different sources, then the windmill is spinning and it's colorful and it's spinning together with other windmills and the very odd windmills come in for the inspiration, for the innovation and all of that. And then what happens? It's just a fantastic feeling. It's, um, it's probably my son, he's a, he's a composer. He's a 16-year-old composer and rapper. He feels like this when he's on stage. Mm -hmm. like it, and he tells me that when he's on stage, he feels like this energy is flowing. And for me, it's the same. It's like I, it's my stage, this having these other windmills and having these, this, this energy it's just what I want to experience over and over again. And if I don't, I'm sad. Mm -hmm. And what needs to happen for you to experience it over and over again? I think I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of balancing my portfolio with many different things, not too many, not too few. Um, and if there's a, if there's this balance, then, uh, I feel at ease and I can get out of balance for many reasons. And if I get out of balance, then the windmill doesn't function so well. And I have to find this balance again. The balance can be making sure that I really have different projects, not too large, not too small, that I work with many different people that I have, um, changing topics etc and if if i don't do that sometimes i i kind of overstep my my own boundaries and then i realize that now sooner and sooner and i can correct the path and and go back to this place where i feel the energy flowing mm -hmm. and so um if as we're coming to the end of our time um People will be listening to this and they'll be thinking, I wonder if Nadia can help me with the project that I've got going on. What kind of people would you like to hear from and uh, how can they get hold of you? 
Okay. Um, I have a website. It's uh, uh, www.word-and-deed.org. Mm-hmm. Very bad choice of website name, <laughs> but there we go. Um, <laughs> you know, your own failures. It's fantastic to see them over and over again. <laughs> Every day you have to write that out. Exactly. Word have to dash spell that out. and, and dash the word and A-N-D dash deed dot Yeah, people who really want to find me, they will be able to find me. I'm really interested in people who want to um, drive change for good, mm-hmm. who want to change something very small, maybe just in their team, maybe in their organization, maybe in society, who are driven by the wish to change something and want to do this either by um, looking into innovation, so generating good ideas, or want to improve their collaboration so that everyone in the team can be really heard, can really show up and contribute that I'm interested in clients like that. And uh, just uh, go on my website, drop me a line and I'll be in touch. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. It's been really interesting talking to you. Um, I wish you lots more windmilling. Thank you. You've been listening to Collaboration Dynamics with Judy Rees. Ask your questions and leave your comments at judyreese.co.uk.